0: Everybody to the grueling truth. We have a special NFL wildcard edition where myself and Matt andrews Cabbage, my co-host, will count down the top ten wildcard games in NFL history. So, you ready to go?
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: All right. You want to start us off with your number ten, or do you want me to start us off?
1: Oh, I'll kick it off. Number ten, I've got nope. the 2003... NFC Wild Card uh, Seahawks at the Packers uh, it was really was a game where neither team was really probably gonna threaten uh, to go all the way, but uh, two decent teams: Brett Favre's uh, uh, Packers and uh, Matt Hasselbeck, Sean Alexander led Seahawks. The uh, what was really interesting about this game is uh, uh, really one of the things that I look for in wild cards is um, either high scoring or uh, a bunch of lead changes, and maybe a dramatic finish. And th- th- this game really had that. You had uh, a few lead changes. The Seahawks were able to come back uh, very late in the game, tie the game by, uh, I believe it was a Sean Alexander uh, rushing touchdown to send the game into overtime. And this is the Matt Hasselbeck infamous, we want the ball and we're going to score games in overtime. And uh, basically uh, he, just he just started to, to move him, but... Yeah. He did throw a touchdown pass, unfortunately touchdown for him, down. it went the other way. <laughs> yes, he did, but it went the other way to Al Harris.
0: Hey, but it was the so. only damn way Brett Favre was going to win that game, because we know what happens to Brett <laughs> exactly.
1: Favre. Exactly.
0: Exactly. Oh, so, yeah, uh, I mean, my it, number 10. It was... Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
1: No, it was a good one, you know. Like you said, you know, it uh, <laughs> Favre probably wasn't going to make a dramatic comeback, but... The defense kind of bailed him out, and uh, it was a good game between two decent teams.
0: Well, and I think most Green Bay Packer fans count that as a Brett Park comeback, too.
1: Yeah, they do. then that, that does uh, actually, unfortunately, the, the way the NFL works. Uh, he gets credit for that.
0: Yeah, well, he's got to get it somehow. Doesn't matter how you get it, as Bill Belichick says, as long as you get it. My number ten... <laughs> Is a team I don't like very much that's playing this weekend against a team that I used to not like, but now they're harmless. I've got the 2002 wildcard game between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Cleveland Browns. I think a lot of people overlooked this game. I think it's the last time Cleveland made the playoffs. Um, they played at Heinz Field. Um, the Steelers trailed 24 to 7, also trailed 33 to 21 against their arch rivals. Um, actually, the Browns do you, do you realize that the Browns have not won a road game um, in the playoffs since 1969
1: still? That's a, that's ridiculous. <laughs> that's a long drought.
0: But do you know that I just realized something else while talking to you about this? My teams never won a road playoff game. Really? Because I'm a Bengals fan. They've never won a road playoff game. But And this is the game where, you know, Probably the funnest name to say in the world. Scored with fifty-one seconds left to give him the win. Yep. Chris Fuamatu Maafala, or whatever his name is. <laughs> I, I, I know exactly who you're talking about because
1: I've got this team yeah, a little bit XFL, higher on my list.
0: The XFL, the XFL MVP, Tommy Maddox threw for three hundred and sixty-seven <laughs> yards, three yep. touchdowns. He came back to Earth the next year. Heinz Ward, who I think should be a Hall of Fame wide receiver. I mean, one of the best blocking. Wide receivers, they ever played a game, 11 catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown. Plasco, damn, I shot myself in the thigh Burris, went for over 100 yards also. Um, and the Browns, Kelly Holcomb, threw for 429 yards and three touchdowns and yep. a defeat. But as always, the Browns did a little Chicago Cubs thing and got beat in the playoffs. But that's my number 10. Um, yeah, that was a classic along.
1: game, very good one.
0: Oh, go ahead and talk about it. I thought maybe you'd have it higher. I thought that's what you said earlier. I do.
1: I have it a little higher on my list. I'll talk about it a little bit more. But, yeah, I totally agree. This this definitely is deserving uh, to be in a top ten list.
0: All right. Now, my number nine is a game I think a lot of people forget, unless they live in the state of New York. It's the only old game that I have on here. Because, as you said when we talked earlier, most of the older playoff games were low-scoring affairs, I do think the 79 Denver-Houston game should be mentioned a little bit. I think that was really one of the most physical games I've ever seen. It was a defensive struggle that I didn't think was a boring game, kind of like the 91 mm-hmm. AFC Championship when Denver and Buffalo played the 10-7 to game. But right. my number nine was at Shea Stadium, Flushing, Queens, New York. Um, the Buffalo Bills, 31, the New York Jets, 27. Great game. Bills jumped to a 24 to nothing lead by the second quarter. Um, if I remember, New York's, I think his name was Bruce Harper, fumbled the opening kickoff.
1: Yes. He did. Uh, they scored,
0: yeah, and I think Charlie Rome's returned at 26 yards to the end zone. Then, after a correct. punt, Ferguson throws a 50 yard touchdown. I mean, it, it was basically a landslide early on, and then they kind of rectified it. Um, Mark Gassano played the game, and I don't like him, but he did force a fumble off of Ferguson. Um, <laughs> I think the game was 24 to 10 by halftime, and the game ended with Bills defensive back Bill Simpson. I think he intercepted the ball at the Buffalo one yard line with two seconds left. It gave the Bo Bills their first playoff win since 1965, and actually, it also ended. Up, it turned out to be the final NFL playoff game at Shea Stadium as the Jets moved the Giants Stadium. Makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Three years later, it also makes a lot of sense that Giants stadiums in New Jersey and those teams are in New York. But what's your number nine?
1: Uh, my number nine is uh, 1993 wild card Packers at Lions. Uh, this was not a – I wouldn't say this was a tremendous game for the first three, three even three and a half quarters. Uh, but, you know, it had, the, it had the set-up game in week 17 where uh, Green Bay went to Detroit, and I believe the Lions won for the right to have the game. Yeah, in. I forgot
0: about that. That's how Detroit got into the playoffs in 93, wasn't it?
1: Exactly, they were able to. They were able to win. The, uh, I believe they won the division, if I'm right. Might be wrong on that, but I believe they won the division on that game.
0: And uh, yeah, they almost had to because I don't remember the Bears or Vikings being in the playoffs that year.
1: Exactly. I'm, I'm trying to think. Maybe the Vikings were against the Giants. Uh,
0: but uh, that uh, was a wild card game, I think. I don't. know. Yeah, yeah the Vikings what... played at the Giants, but so they couldn't have been the divisional winner.
1: Right. Okay, that makes sense. So. Um, the, the, yeah, that is, I believe that's how the Lions won the division got in the playoffs and then they hosted Green Bay wasn't really that great of a game there wasn't a whole lot that happened so it sort of violates uh, a lot of my criteria for making the top 10 a little bit but it did have yeah, one of your th-
0: criteria has never been ca- I mean you've never really been big on sticking to what you claim your criteria is anyway so no big
1: <laughs> there are times that, where that's true I, I, I guilty as charged but Um, as much as uh, Favre is probably the, other than Joe Namath, the most overrated quarterback in the history of the NFL, which I believe we agree on, this may have been the best throw I've ever seen him make where he rolls out to his left. And so he's not near the bottom of the screen. And Sterling Sharp just gets behind everybody on the top. And he throws it. Basically, seventy-five yards in the air and hit sharp in the end zone to win the game. Um, I'm not one to get, one, not really one to talk about uh, good FARB moments, but uh, this this really was uh, one of the best uh, finishes to a, to a wild card game I've ever seen. So I think it deserves the cut.
0: And that was your number nine. Yeah. And that is also. I'll, I'll just cut in right here because that's also my number eight. So my next pick okay. was eight. I had it there too, just because it had. It was probably one of the most shocking NFL games in history.
1: To yeah, me, yeah, it really
0: Fred was. Farr actually, made a play. To, Fred Farr made a play to win a playoff <laughs> game. I mean, that's just an absolute. I mean, it's probably one of the top ten upsets in NFL history. But then again, when you think about it, he did it against the Detroit Lions. So yeah. It's probably not Absolutely. that big a deal, really. But, hey, any time Brett Favre can do something positive, I mean, it beats the time he sent pictures of his junk to that reporter. So, what the hell. <laughs>
1: um,
0: what's your number eight, Matt?
1: <laughs> well, before I get to my number eight, I, I did want to say how the uh, the Bills-Jets uh, game that you mentioned, that I was very close to sticking that in there. Um, like, that was, wasn't it the Frank Lewis game where he just went off for, like, like 160 yards and two touchdowns.
0: Yeah, but the main thing about that game was just the fact that the Jets continuously turned the ball over in the first half. I mean, both those teams were very good, and they proved it the next year also. I mean, and the Bills, I mean, they gave Cincinnati all they could handle. That game went down to the wire in the divisional playoff the next week where the Bengals just totally manhandled the Chargers, and they'd manhandled them twice that year. So I think there's a case to be made that Buffalo probably was the second best team in the AFC that year.
1: hmm Yep. I, I I think I'd have to agree with you on that. They they did come close to knocking off the Bengals that year, but Bengals were the best team in the AFC uh, that season. So, but yeah, that was well, and uh, unfortunately, that, that unfortunately, was
0: that Bills team was really good. I mean, in '80, they lost a close game to San Diego. '79, um, I think they lost. 16-13 to 13 on the ladder in overtime that kept them out of the playoffs. I know that because somebody actually posted the 1979 Buffalo Bills highlight film on YouTube, and I watched the first 20 seconds of it, and they started off with that. but So that was a team that easily could have made the playoffs three years in a row, and with a break in either one of the divisional playoff games they played could have been in a championship game.
1: Yeah, it really was. One, it's one of the forgotten teams, and uh, even the even the New Yorks Exchange Jets that was a pretty good team as well. And you know the Jets were uh, pretty scrappy, keeping it close. But then I believe it was Joe Cribbs that put it put it away with with so a long touchdown. Yeah, and you look so, at
0: yeah, that the was, 82 that was a
1: good Jets. One.
0: The 82 Jets might have been the best team in football.
1: Yeah, I don't know how they didn't go to the Super Bowl that year.
0: Well, I know how, because Don Shula, holier than thou, I don't ever cheat, and I'm on the competition committee telling people how to live their lives and play their game, <laughs> Left this far, just left the field uncovered. I mean, come on, he yeah. had David Woodley at quarterback. There's no way he wanted to have to throw the ball. I mean, it slowed down Freeman McNeil, and, I mean, basically they won the game because A.J. Dewey picked off, what, three passes in that game?
1: Yeah. A lot of interceptions.
0: And then they go to the Super Bowl with that Dolphins team, and if it wasn't for Fulton Walker's kickoff return, that's a 27-10 to 10 game, and nobody even yeah. makes anything of that game. Right. The yeah. well, are go ahead and get to number teams. seven. You're the one that said you didn't want this show to go too long tonight.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, my number eight is the uh, 2008 wild card, AFC wild card between the Colts and the Chargers. Uh, hard-fought game, uh, Peyton Manning, uh, pretty good game. And then uh, the Colts were able to defensively forced a couple of turnovers in the end zone went to overtime and basically the charges just went down the field and then i believe it was darren sproles that ran like a 20 or 25 yard run to, to win the game pretty good game unfortunately for peyton Manning, it's just another one of those one and done games and uh but the Chargers were pretty good that year and they had beaten them the year before as well so it wasn't like a total fluke or anything
0: okay my number seven because uh, I got that one a little bit higher not much but okay. my number seven my number seven is Seattle Dallas 2006 just because I think it's funnier and hell how they lost yeah,
1: it the was a funny it
0: a playoff game I mean Seattle took the lead on a hasselback touchdown Hasselback and people forget Matt Hasselback his prime was a top NFL quarterback. I mean, he Mm -hmm. took Seattle to the Super Bowl. I mean, he took them to the playoffs multiple times. And then Tony Romo comes out uh, early in his career, so nobody knows how ill-fated it is, which makes it funny. It's like Bill Buckner missing a ground ball. But then again, Bill Buckner is Bob Stanley's fault more than Bill Buckner and Calvin Chiraldi. But Tony Romo drives the Cowboys 70 yards to set up a chip-shot 19-yard field goal. And I had a friend, this is the funny part, I had a friend that called me at the time, and he said, hey, you said the Cowboys couldn't win a playoff game with this team. We're about to win it. And just then, the ball (laughs) is snapped. And Tony Romo fumbles it. And the game is over. And my friend, who was on the phone, suddenly just hung up. (laughs)
1: Didn't even have the... I uh, wasn't able to even stand on the line to go, He hung up, and
0: I called him back for, like, a week until he finally answered the phone, and then I just laughed, and he hung up again, and we're no longer friends. But, hey, <laughs> that's the stuff that happens sometimes. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> but, you well, know, sometimes I can be kind of an ass, but number seven, I know you'll want to debate that with me, but we're just going to let it go for now. <laughs> Your, number <laughs> is... one, <laughs> Your number
1: seven is... 1993... Your number seven is... <laughs> 1993 Chiefs Steelers. Uh god what a
0: homer. <laughs> Joe Montana.
1: Homer. Chiefs aren't my homer, team. Homer,
0: you're a homer. But it Joe was Lantana. a it
1: was a Joe Montana wildcard win. But I realize I'm violating rule number 1. I can't mention 49ers or players that ever played for the 49ers. So. Oh, here we go again um,
0: with your uh, woe was me complex while being a bully. <laughs> go ahead.
1: I know I'm not allowed to talk about it, but um, but yeah, the Steelers. God, are you going to get
0: your number seven or what? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm good this, with it because you know Pittsburgh lost in a wild card game. It'll be just like Saturday night. Exactly.
1: Yeah, you, that's what. That's exactly what you're hoping. So this was
0: no, a good a little, memory no, go for. Ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> go ahead. The 49ers yeah, young Bill it,
1: Cowher. Was this was. I believe this was uh, Young Bill Cowher's first. Um, Oh, no, he did make it in 92, so this is his second season.
0: Yeah, 92, and, they were uh, actually his number one seed, remember? What they read, the Dolphins uh, they were. Or, uh, I thought they were. Maybe I they don't were, know. They, or, they were one or they were two. One or they two. were like 12 and four. They were 12 yeah, and four. and they
1: very foster. I mean,
0: Frank Reich led Buffalo to a big win over Houston, which I'm sure we'll both get to later on. Oh, yeah. But, I mean... That that was a game where Buffalo came out and just imposed their will on a young team that was just yeah. happy to be there. Yeah, but well, that's just and I- it.
1: And then and then so they, they, you know, Steelers are really building on that. They got a, quite a young team, good team. You know, Barry Foster, Neil O'Donnell, uh Ernie Mills, and uh, you know, Ernie Mills put them ahead. And late in the fourth quarter, um, Joe was able to bring them back from I believe a ten point deficit, force overtime, and then they were able to go into. Overtime and win. These are both, both these games are on the road, I believe. Uh, but <clears throat> yeah, there's, there's two comebacks that year. But yeah, that was in the Wild round, one of the best games I ever saw. In the growing up in the nineties, growing up in the nineties.
0: I wish I could say that I wouldn't be so damn old now. Number six. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and go first because you already picked this game, which is why I picked this a couple of them because you started off first, and I don't. Sorry. Get because I'll forget what I was going to say, and I'll forget what you said. So my number six is San Diego twenty-three, Indianapolis seventeen, in overtime two thousand eight. A lot of people criticized the Chargers for being a playoff team at eight and eight and hosting the twelve and four Colts. I know you would have been one of those people that didn't believe they should be a home team from a conversation. I had
1: my reasons, but you go ahead,
0: Joe. Um, national perception was the Colts were going to kick their butts. Um, I mean, they lost, or They had to win their last four games of the season to get in. The Denver Broncos had a collapse. Was that a Mike Shanahan yep. collapse?
1: Yep. Uh, it might have been. I'm that was sure Ed Hockey the game, wasn't it? Was it? Was late? Yeah, that late? Yeah, I know it was a Bronco I collapse.
0: I don't pay attention to no damn referees anyways but indianapolis ended the regular season on a nine game winning streak had beaten the chargers 23 to 20 but ultimately it was way too much daryl or darren sproles who had probably his greatest game ever in one of his biggest game ever he ended up with 328 all-purpose yards including a game game winning 22 yard touchdown run in overtime Um, Nate Cating, I think, kicked a 26-yard field goal with 31 seconds left in regulation to force the overtime. But I I I... think it is a game that was a large upset. Everybody always remembers when the 8-8 Seahawks beat the, what, 11-5 Saints. But this is an 8-8 team beating a 12-4 team that had won nine straight games. I think it's one of the greatest upsets in NFL history, which we need to do a show about that, too, Top 10 NFL upsets.
1: Absolutely. Uh, Lots of great upsets.
0: Yeah, so we definitely need to do that, too. But that is my number
1: six. Well, my number six actually kind of piggybacks what you were talking about. I've got the 7-9 and nine Seattle Seahawks of 2010 hosting the 11-5 and five New Orleans Saints. The Saints are coming off their, their Super Bowl year. They were really banged up uh, going into the game against the Seahawks, especially at running back. They're down to, like, their fourth or fifth running back. But what was, what was interesting about that game is this was probably the coming out party for uh, Marshawn Lynch. I mean, he had had a good career up to that point in Buffalo, and then they had acquired him either the year before or that year. And Matt Hasselbeck gets really forgotten. Everybody remembers the Marshawn Lynch run, which was, boy, if that's not one of the top three runs in NFL history, I don't know what what is. But I mean, that was an incredible run by Marshawn Lynch. And But what gets forgotten in the whole thing is Matt Hasselbeck threw four touchdowns in that game, including a, a couple of long passes. And even though the Saints were banged up, Drew Brees definitely made a game of it. I believe the game was something like 44-34, to 41-34, something like yeah. that. And, uh, you know, the Saints uh, kept, trying, kept clawing back, but the Seahawks just kept putting, uh, just Kept their foot on the throat, so, um, you know, this, you know, given the fact that they were seven and nine, uh, getting the home field advantage in those games, it was really big. I don't think they go into New Orleans and even have a chance to win that game, but because they're at home and the way everything worked out, just a very inspired, uh, inspired performance by that team.
0: All right, did you want to go ahead and go to your number five? Because I don't want uh, you, you, whining. you go I for. Never it.
1: <laughs> no, you know what? I will okay. defer to you. You go. For, you go ahead.
0: All right. Well,
1: actually, I, you know what? I will because I've got, I got my number five. Actually, is a game that you mentioned. It's just the two, the, the 2002 Steelers Browns. You know, okay. the Steelers uh, were down by so much and uh, made quite a comeback. And you know, to go ahead to get their first lead of the game, I think they scored two touchdowns in the final two minutes. So uh, the, yeah, the Tommy Maddox game. So that's my number five.
0: All right, my number five, uh, I thought about putting it a little bit higher. I like high-scoring games, but when there's not a whole lot of defense, it's harder for me to put it at number one. Um, The game had over 1,000 yards in offense. I'm talking about the Arizona 51-45 overtime win in Arizona in 2009. Um, Was that Rodgers' first playoff game, wasn't it?
1: It was, yes.
0: And I think he might have had, uh, might have thrown for more yards in that one playoff game than Brett Favre did in his first four. But <laughs> never can, never can not take a shot at Brett Favre. I learned that from you. But in a game that had over 1,000 <laughs> yards in offense, it featured a Packer comeback from 21 points down in the second half. The, the thing that was really astounding about the game was the game ended on a defensive touchdown. The Cardinals' Carlos Dansby returned an Aaron Rodgers fumble 17 yards in overtime to win the game. Uh, Dansby was actually involved in three turnovers forced by the Arizona defense. Uh, The game set a ton of records. The 96 points were the most combined points in a playoff game. The 1,024 yards were the most ever in a playoff game. Uh, The Packers set franchise records for points scored and allowed in the same game. And Rodgers and Warner combined for nine touchdown passes. I, I just think overall it was a game where you had two guys that I think will be Hall of Fame quarterbacks and probably should be. we got to let Rogers finish his career yet, but I think Kurt Warner should be in anyways. I think two Hall of Fame quarterbacks both got hot on the same day, and it was a very entertaining game.
1: No question. I have that game a little bit higher, uh, but, oh, absolutely. That was one of the best games I've ever seen. Do
0: you want me to do number four? Yeah, go ahead. Number four, you know, the old mafioso boss, Joe Rodriguez, did not want to do this show because he knew he was going to have to talk about this game. <laughs> That's what he told me, too. I said last night, we're doing, me and Matt are doing a top 10 wildcard games. I said, you want to do it with us? He said, no. Matt's just going to talk for about a half an hour on that 2002
1: <laughs> half an hour.
0: <laughs> we, ha- we, we have had a show before where you did talk a long time about that game. It was that okay. show that sucked that we never posted, remember, about our most disappointing games.
1: Oh, yeah, <laughs>
0: brought, yeah. Yeah, Joe brought it up, and then you wouldn't stop. But nobody ever heard it, so that's all right.
1: Um, <laughs> I the think the I knew that wasn't getting remember <laughs>
0: about, now See, this day that the Niners beat the Giants, 39-38, no two. I mean, that yep. might have been the greatest day of wild card games. Because that was the same day where a few hours before the Pittsburgh Steelers had defeated the Cleveland Browns.
1: Exactly. Um,
0: it also might have had the most bizarre ending in NFL history. The Niners were down 38-14, yeah. to 14, which made me really happy because I really hate the 49ers since they beat my Bengals twice in a Super Bowl. Plus their fans are arrogant and they're owner cheated and paid players under the table. But I'll digress.
1: Oh, boy. But they
0: launched a stunning comeback to capture an improbable 39-38 win uh, the game ended when the Giants botched the snap on a potential game-winning field goal. Um, the holder I mean, threw the Duncan. ball downfield on a play which many Giants fans will claim was pass interference to this day, because it was. They were called for an illegal man downfield on the play. Um, a ton of stars emerged that day. Probably Jeff Garcia, one of his finest efforts, threw for 331 yards, three touchdowns, rushed for 60, and another touchdown. Terrell Owens, who was just... Made a finalist for the Hall of Fame. I believe that was today or yesterday.
1: Today, Caught nine yeah.
0: passes for 177 yards, two touchdowns, two two-point conversions. Kerry Collins somehow threw for 342 yards and four touchdowns. Um, Tiki Barber ran for 115, had 60 yards receiving. Amani Tuber, eight catches, 136 yards, three touchdowns in defeat. I mean, it, was, it was absolutely a great football game. Ended controversially. But then again, if you're up 38 to 14 in the third quarter, maybe it never should come to that. Um, what's your number four?
1: Well, I messed up a little bit. I've got I accidentally had two number fives, so I'm just going to combine these two since the games are very similar. No, I don't
0: think this is uh, the first time that has happened to you either.
1: <laughs> I don't know how they like, Why did they say 5-5? Five, five? <laughs> but the. Uh, so my, uh, my, my number four was my, was the 2002 Giants-Niners as well. Um, but I also had the 2013 Chiefs-Colts uh, snuck in there. Both those games are very similar. 20-plus um, <clears throat> point uh, deficits for the teams that end up coming back and winning. First, the Chiefs-Colts. You got uh, Alex Smith just playing out of his mind, getting up 38-10 to 10 up on the Colts. Uh, they're intercepting Andrew Luck. And the problem was, is they got up way too soon. Andrew Luck had basically an entire half. And he was able to put up a couple of touchdowns pretty quick. Early in the fourth quarter, the Alex Smith threw an interception, got a fumble, and the Colts were able to win 45 to 44. Very high-scoring game. It was kind of an ugly game, but yet there was was still enough uh, really great plays for this to count. So that one, and then, like you said, the 2002 uh, Niners-Giants uh, game, it, the Giants really could have put him away if Jeremy Shockey comes down with the touchdown uh, in the, early in the fourth quarter. It went right through his hand. If he catches that, yeah, there's no way the Niners are going to come back. But he didn't catch it, and like you said, down 38-14, being able to come back and, uh, and close out the win. So those are my – that's kind of a – Combined, but the two very similar games.
0: Alrighty, you want to start with three, or you want me to?
1: Uh, number three. Number three. Well, <laughs> uh, this this game was uh, very special to me, but it was still one of the best games I ever saw. The '98 uh, Packers at Niners, the Wild Card game, uh, one, the game where Ter- Terrell Owens came down with what they call the catch number two. Uh, what was really cool about that game was uh, the Niners and Packers were both two teams that really could have competed for the championship game but and they still really had good records. Niners were 12 and 4, Packers were 11 and 5. But they because of the way the Falcons and Vikings had played, they ended up being in the wild card game. So there was a you know a couple of teams that had met in the championship game the year before and now playing in the wild card game. You still have Steve Young versus Favre, you know, really Pretty stacked rosters on both sides of the ball. Uh, Dorsey Levin's had a real good game. Garrison Hurst, that was his career career year. And uh, it looked like it was going to start off kind of the same. And then the Niners kind of took control. And then the Packers were able to... It's one of those games where the lead changed like five or six times. And then Favre was able to uh, throw a touchdown with like a minute and some remaining. And Steve Young led that final drive. And uh, Owens was able to come down with it a lot of great plays a lot of a lot of a lot of craziness uh, in that game but uh, one of the best games I ever saw last second touchdown to Owens, and uh, was pretty cool
0: all right that is actually my number 2 but my number 3 is the music city miracle or, as the Tennessee Titans call it, home run throwback. One of the most improbable finishes in NFL history. Tennessee beats Buffalo 22-16. to um, If I remember right, Steve Christie gave Buffalo a 16-15 lead with 16 seconds left. Then they called the play originally for Frank Wycheck to catch the ball and then turn and throw it to Derrick Mason. Um, well, the only problem was Mason was hurt earlier in the game, not available. So fullback Lorenzo Neal, who was a great fullback in the NFL, was the player who actually caught the ball. Neil ran, handed to Whitecheck, threw the ball across to Mason's fill Kevin Dyson. Um, the play called for the player to get out of bounds as soon as he would be challenged, but he raced downfield untouched. Um, I think the referee there was Phil Luckett, who went under the hood to review the play. It, it, the play was very close. They upheld the play just because you're not getting out of Tennessee alive if you don't. But the Titans went on <laughs> to a 22-16 win, would eventually advanced to the Super Bowl before losing their own heartbreaker. Ironically, Dyson was the guy who stopped at the 1 as time expired with this Titans yep. down 7 in Super Bowl, what was that, 36?
1: Yep, uh, 34.
0: 34, yeah, that's right. 36 was a New England Ram game. but And I still think to this day, I think Wade Phillips coached that team and I still think to this day he's got to kick himself in the ass for not starting Doug Flutie, but I may be wrong there.
1: No, I think you're right on that. You know, that's, that's the thing that really gets remembered um, as far as the Bills go in that game is, you know, Rob Johnson gets hurt, and Doug Flutie is probably the best got season of playoffs. his pro career. Yeah, probably the best season of his pro career. He did everything to get that team to the playoffs. I wouldn't say it was a really good Bills team, but it was all right. And uh, but Doug Flutie was was really the driving force behind it. And then you get to the playoffs. Rob Johnson's healthy, and he just puts him in, and it just it just I don't think it was a good move at all.
0: Well, I I think it was the safest move for him. I mean, a lot of head coaches trying to keep their job. If you play with Doug Flutie and lose with the little dude, and you had Rob Johnson sitting there. It, I think it's more explainable to lose with Rob Johnson than Doug Flutie, maybe. I don't know. I don't know what the hell he was thinking. Maybe he just doesn't like short people, because there are people like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I like short people. They're cute. Um, let's see. <laughs> Number two. What's your pick, Matt? Number two.
1: Number two, I had the old 9 Packers-Cardinals, uh, the highest-scoring wildcard game in history. Uh, what was really interesting about that game was the Cardinals really seemed like they were gonna just impose their will on the Packers that day. They were up by seventeen twice. And both yeah, times, you just thought
0: Brett Barb was quarterback in that Packer team that year.
1: <laughs> and then Aaron Rodgers showed up. Well, that's just it. Aaron Rodgers was able to tie the game both times and when they got to overtime, this is kind of one of the one of the uh, the marks, uh, one of the I don't know, smudges on his resume is, you know, Greg Jennings breaks wide open, and he misses them. He overthrows him He hits Greg Jennings, the game's over, and uh, they, they're moving on to the, to the Saints. But he missed them, and then, uh, you know, once the Cardinals punted again, then we got, like you talked about, the you know, the fumble, and uh, that was the game. But uh, very entertaining game. You know, like you said, yeah, you know, didn't have a whole lot of defense. <laughs> But fifty-one to forty-five. That's, like you said, it said all those records. That was really an entertaining game to watch.
0: Roddy, my number two was the ninety-eight San Francisco thirty twenty seven 27 win over Green Bay. Um, I, I believe Trello Owens had a few massive drops early in that game too. Oh, It was
1: awful. He had one of them, it which I, I you know, I'll give him them... why
0: they were losing. Probably.
1: Yeah, he he fumbles the. The first pass thrown by Steve Young, uh, he catches it, but then it gets knocked out, and then he drops a touchdown. You know, it looked like the sun was definitely in his eyes. The sun was super bright that day, so I'll give him that one. But he he dropped a really big third down after Favre threw an interception in the fourth quarter, that which would have probably iced the game. No, Favre
0: wouldn't throw an interception in a fourth quarter of a playoff game. What are you smoking over there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I know, right. <laughs> What's wrong with but, that he, but he
0: did have a big drive that took the lead 27-23 with a minute 56 left. And, and the yep. thing I don't think people realize is you know, the 25-yard touchdown pass with eight seconds left to Terrell Owens, that pass was immortalized by 49er announcer Joe Starkey, who was the same announcer that called the Cal Stanford play in 1982.
1: Oh, yeah, the uh, when they ran through the...
0: <laughs> to the band.
1: Yeah, I'll never forget. you get, yeah, can tell, Matt don't,
0: Matt don't watch a lot of college football. So
1: Well, I don't, so but I, I know that game. I know the ending of that game. Um,
0: and Plus, the 49ers, it, and I know this is what Matt likes most about it, the 49ers ended a three-game postseason losing streak to Green Bay with that game also, which got all those that people nice. to work off of his ass.
1: <laughs> I believe we, we are both day.
0: number one, correct? <laughs> we both yeah. are to number one, correct?
1: Yeah, and I'm pretty we And sure I believe we both
0: have the same name, number one.
1: I don't um, think anybody in the right is. mind. Say that again?
0: Yeah. Didn't I? Well, I. I so we agree on this. It's definitely the 1990 AFC wildcard game between the Bengals and the Oilers, where the Bengals last won a playoff game, <laughs> beating the Oilers 41 to 14. 41 Correct?
1: 14, yeah, that's the last time.
0: Great that game. Bengals was... led the whole way, destroyed them. Commander Cody Carlson was the quarterback <laughs> for the Oilers. Now, nah. I believe both our number ones is Buffalo Houston, 1992, 41 38. Oilers yep. raced to a 28-3 to halftime lead. I remember I was excited about the best friend, Kelly. He'd become a huge Buffalo Bills fan. God only knows why. I don't know why. He was still mainly a Bengals fan, but his backup team was the Bills. Now, right there, you know you're kind of screwed, because that's six Super Bowls and what, a decade you lose? But... I remember calling him, and I was gloating. I was like, "Hey, dumbass!" you said they're going to win the Super Bowl. They're down twenty-three in the wild card game. And he "Oh yeah, mm-hmm. whatever." And then I think Bubba McDowell returns an interception fifty-eight yards for a touchdown a couple minutes into the second yep. half. And then I call him, and he won't even answer. You know, one of those just like that <laughs> cowboy fan. And then Buffalo explodes for like twenty-eight points to take the lead. And guess who called me? Kelly, he called. I, it I told to pick you they were going to up. come Did back and win. I picked up right, up right away. away? I, was good. I, don't, okay. I don't shy away from good. confrontation like most people. So I picked up. No, you And then it's 35 unanswered points. It's 38-35, but Del Greco comes back, kicks a field goal to make it 38-38. I call him back. I said, see? See, you asshole? You called me. And it's not even over yet. And then, like, a few minutes later, he called me, and that was it. But...
1: Yeah, we're still friends, yeah, so it's
0: not like that Dallas thing.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, the the the, the, you know, the another game, uh, the game that really, uh, the game that set that uh, that wild card game up the week before in the Astrodome. Um, yeah, real no,
0: tough Kelly win. Got hurt.
1: Exactly, real tough win by the Oilers, and they knocked out Jim Kelly. And I don't remember what happened to Thurman Thomas because he wasn't playing in that wild card game either. I know they both came back. Um, Frank Wright played in the divisional game against the uh, Steelers. Thurman
0: Thomas started the game and was forced out of the game early with an injury. Okay. Because Kenneth Davis came in for him. Kenneth Davis was
1: a Yeah, Kenneth guy. Davis scores.
0: But he wasn't Thurman yeah, Thomas.
1: Played... Right. <laughs> but, yeah, it was... And I
0: mean, uh, also,
1: the know, other... no... Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no. You go ahead said, and here. the other
0: thing is, and I think it's been brought up before, is Frank Reich was also a part of the biggest comeback at the time in college football history,
2: when he went the Maryland
0: Terrapins to a thirty-one to nothing deficit, or from a thirty-one nothing deficit against Miami of Florida to a come-from-behind win over Miami of Florida, and it was at Miami. Sorry about that, Leon. Seriously, if you're listening. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know so, I mean, maybe 10 or 15 one college point. games, and that's one of them. <laughs>
0: yeah, at one point he had the biggest college comeback ever, and he had the biggest NFL playoff comeback ever.
1: Is exactly. it still the NFL Very, playoff yeah.
0: biggest comeback ever? Yep, it's it still that. the
1: biggest one. It's the, it's the biggest comeback in NFL history. Now, now, did that 35. break the record at
0: the time of your 49ers against the
1: Lions? 49ers against the Lions? Um, yeah, like maybe well, the Niners-Saints regular season game, From 1980 is still the 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 biggest regular season comeback. But uh, yeah, I don't know about a a Niners Lions playoff deficit. I mean, I know that a real fan of the team
0: would know about all their playoffs. Well,
1: it wasn't anything you know near near a 35 to 3 deficit.
0: I believe it was.
1: I think they won that game 24 to 23. Or no, it was a 30 to 27. They played back-to-back. They were they played week one and 84, too, so I always get those scores mixed up.
0: Now, this is the but, other yeah. thing about the 31-point comeback. Frank yeah. Reich was not the starting quarterback on that team, either. Stan Gelbaugh was. Stan Gelbaugh actually played in the NFL for a while, and I think that he was the MVP of one of the World Bowls, one of the first two World Bowls. I think he played for London or Barcelona. We ought to have, like, the Ten Greatest Games in World League of American Football History show, too. What do you think uh-huh. so people the, would love? There's that. a
1: 1975 one, and then I remember, the, I remember 1990 or 91, that came back. Well,
0: we're talking about the 1991, because absolutely nobody cared about either one, so it doesn't really matter, <laughs> I don't think.
1: <laughs> nah, but, but the, uh, you know, the, the wild card game was, uh, was pretty cool. I remember watching that with my dad and my brother. Uh, I really liked that Buffalo team. They were real fun to watch. I know you're probably not real big on them just because of the whole, uh, you know, the uh, the Marv Levy, uh, Sam Weiss seemed to be some kind of a feud and stuff. But I really yeah, enjoyed it watching that. Yeah, Marv Levy
0: team. everything he did. Yeah, um, I, I agree with you Also, the, the 49ers-Lions was the biggest comeback up until that point. That was a twenty okay, seven to seven lead that was gotcha. lost 31-27. And I know why you don't want to talk about it because San Francisco had a twenty seven to seven lead at old Kezar Stadium and blew it thirty one to twenty seven. Oh, okay. I so, just figured all right.
1: that's the nineteen fifty seven alright, all right. I I thought someone's gonna three game. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was no, a bad 80, one. I forgot yeah. about that. The
0: 83 game was twenty. But it wasn't a wild card
1: game, so I didn't think it was relevant for today. <laughs>
0: it wasn't. We were talking about the biggest comeback in playoff history up until that point, though. Gotcha. At least as far as Yeah,
1: that. yeah, that was a bad one. That was a bad one. But the, uh, I remember watching the the 92 one with, with my dad and my brother, and I was really pulling for Buffalo. They had lost two straight Super Bowls. I was like, ah, oh, maybe – you know, if the Niners don't get there, again, you know, if they, if they end up losing to Dallas, hopefully the Bills will win. And, oh my but, <laughs> but I remember uh, being down them, being down thirty-five to three, and uh, Kenneth Davis scored, and then I remember Don Beebe stepping out of bounds, and then coming back in, and they didn't really notice it, and he scored. But Andre Reed was—he uh, had probably the biggest game of his career in that game. He had like three touchdowns in that comeback, including the big one on fourth and five. Just the game really had everything. Good, Real fun game to watch.
0: All right. Well, real quick, I would like to thank everybody and have everybody go to Spreaker, look for The Grilling Truth. Go to Facebook, look for The Grilling Truth Facebook page. But make sure you check out our NFL Pick'em Show with myself, Leon Searcy, um, Scott Meyer from realbanglefans.com, of course, Matt Joe Rodriguez, we had a pick'em show, had a great time doing it, Um, and I'd really like to thank the people who have already listened to it, over 1,600 listens already, Matt. Um, The Cincinnati Bengals Weekly Show with myself and Joe Kelly last night, Um, Jim Breach was our guest, and I'd like to thank everybody for listening to that also. Um, When I told you that was at five earlier, Matt, it is now over 1,200. Um, oh, that's awesome make sure thanks you everyone for listening next, uh-huh.
1: I say thanks everyone for listening
0: yeah that's like 3,000 listens on two shows in 24 hours um, make sure you check out the realbengalsfans.com Cincinnati Bengals trivia show uh, we will have the next round coming up shortly uh, the Pick and Pop NBA show is an NBA sh- weekly show with Rodney Newple Make sure you check him out. He's had two episodes so far. Um, Dave Sedersky will be back with me for more boxing shows in the near future. Um, Not much going on boxing usually until the end of January, start of February. Um, Next Tuesday night, the interview will actually be Tuesday afternoon. Next Tuesday night, I will be interviewing former NFL quarterback Jack Jeff Kemp, son of also the late, great Jack Kemp, who also ran for president, I believe, in 1980 and 84, I think 88 also. But Jeff Kemp will be on to talk about his book, Facing the Blitz. We will also have our divisional pick'em show next Tuesday night with myself, Leon Searcy, Matt andrews Scavage, and a surprise picker or two. And next, we will also have next week a Bengals weekly show, which hopefully will be previewing a game and not reviewing a season. Um, and we will also, me and Matt will do, or Matt and I, got to use proper English, but Matt and I will <laughs> we'll will have a top ten divisional playoff games in NFL history show also. Um, and we are looking at doing a show with Joe Rodriguez to go over the NBA finalists. Plus, we've got another interview with an author who wrote a book about the top 50 underrated running backs of all time. So make sure you check out all that. Go check all our sponsors, Gridiron Mode, com. Um, Great new interactive football app. Be a good time to download it off the iTunes store this weekend. Play along. You pick the plays. Um, You see what everybody else picked. Kind of see how you compare to them. Um, We'll check out steelbergbox.com. That's www.steelbergbox.com. For any Pittsburgh Steeler fans, have a birthday coming up, or just if you're a Steeler fan and you want to buy some Steeler merchandise to commemorate your season, which will end Saturday night. That would be a lot of fun, too. And then, <laughs> that was mean, wasn't it? Well, I'm sorry, Pittsburgh Steelers fans. It was just all in good fun, though. <laughs> also, check out it. realbengalsfans.com. If you're a Bengals fan, yeah, I do, but... I don't. I don't know. I'm kind of. Now. So we'll just act like I didn't mean it. Nobody will be mad at me. But if the Pittsburgh Steelers play the Dallas Cowboys in the playoffs or the Super Bowl, I will cheer for the Steelers. I just wanted to bring that. Up. Well, maybe not. I don't know. I really don't like Jerry Jones, but I don't know.
1: It's Man. hard to cheer Get for any the Steelers. final words, title.
0: Matt? I'm out of stuff to say now. I'm just pumped up. Also, tomorrow I night. Tomorrow night, if you follow, if you're a Bengals fan or a Steelers fan, at 1130 Eastern Time tomorrow night on Blog Talk Radio, we'll have a live Bengals-Steelers preview show with myself, Leon Searcy, Scott Meyer from realbengalsfans.com. That never is going to be posted all over almost every Bengal and Steelers site all day tomorrow and tomorrow night. Make sure you call in. You can ask questions. You can make your predictions. It'll be a half hour. It'll be fun as long as me and Leon don't hog the whole time. We promise if you call, we will try to get you on. Um, so we're excited about that also. So, Matt?
1: No, I think you covered pretty much everything. I think, uh, you know, as far as our top ten list, you know, I think we, 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 think we did our due diligence and went through all the wildcard games, and I think we pretty much covered all the big ones. Um, and we end up agreeing on the – what. I, I don't see really how the Bills-Oilers game can't be the number one. That was by far the best wild card game that's ever been played up to this point. But we'll, we'll see what happens next week uh, when we uh, pick the divisional rounds.
0: Yeah, maybe we can get a Bengals game in there. I don't know, though. I don't remember any great ones. A bit above, Are there uh, a lot Bengals, of them? They, but, yeah, there's a ton. Huh. Actually, there are. you got 70, 73, 75, 81, 88, 90. There's like six of them there over 50 years. That's pretty good. Okay. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then the next week, when you get to the championship games, there's two of them. But when you get to the Super Bowl, Perfect. there's two, and there's a lot of teams that haven't been to two Super Bowls.
1: That's very true.
0: And the Cleveland Browns have never been anything since everything was in color, as Leon would say. But. All right. Well, we're going to get off here. Just make sure you check us out on our Grilling Truth Facebook page. Check us out on Spreaker and Stitcher. We will be on iHeart shortly. So keep aware for that. So for Matt Andrew Scavage, this is Mike Goodpaster. You've been listening to The Grilling Truth, where the legends speak.
2: An open letter from AAA. Dear insurance world, we've gotten pretty quick, haven't we? Streamline processes in 15 minutes, algorithms, chatbots, and AI. But maybe it's time to rethink some things. Down payments can take years to save up for. And at AAA, we give your most valuable assets the respect they deserve. Because these aren't policies for auto, home, and life. They're policies for people. AAA Insurance, for auto, home, and life. Go to AAA.com insurance to find an agent. They aren't just houses, they're much more than shiny cars. And please don't call them objects. At AAA, we recognize your most valuable assets are more than just things. Their first cars fueled by sweat. Dream homes built by double shifts. So why are we spending 15 minutes or less protecting them? At AAA, we believe your hard work and dreams deserve more than a price tool. So our AAA agents listen, learn, and look beyond the lacquer of your new car. AAA Insurance. For auto, home, and life. Go to AAA.com slash insurance to find an agent.